ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 8th episode of the 3 Part Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Wright. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to make things just a tad bit different. This is going to be the Chicago Town special episode of the 3 Part Podcast. This is the start of an episodic series for each and every NBA team. So why not just start with some old Chicago Bulls basketball? And joining me... For today's episode, we have none other than just a kid from New Zealand, a Chicago Bulls journalist for On Tap Sportsnet, a podcaster for Bullish Hoops. He covers everything from Chicago Bulls to the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Josh. Josh, how you doing? How we feeling out there? Yo, what's going on, Devin? Uh... Thanks heaps for having me on. Uh, looking forward to talking about some Bulls, some NBA, and what else we got. All right, man. You know what? We're just going to start off from the top since we have it just fresh in our minds. The latest Chicago Bulls game, Bulls versus Warriors, 104-90. to 90. It's a tough loss, but it's not really sad. But there's some things that need to be answered. All right. Uh, just judging off of the, this Warriors team, the worst they have, the, they hold the worst record when it comes to all of the NBA. And just, just what's something that uh, you saw in in today's game and this really stood out to you, Josh? Well, the game it was really hard to watch as a like as a Bulls fan from a Bulls fan perspective. I mean, no one really had it going aside from Zach Levine, and that's the only positive you can take out of this game. I mean, Zach Levine had a really good game. Uh, one of only three Bulls that were actually positive and plus minus, and he had the team on his back, and we all hoped he could do the same thing they did against Charlotte, but uh, sadly not tonight, but still, it's good to see Zach starting to put forward more good games and putting aside the, the bad games. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You really uh, you just saw the Bulls struggling out there, and nobody else was putting up points, so he decided to just... Just have all the weight on his shoulders, and he delivered in that second quarter, having 18 points, 23 at the half. We just really couldn't convert into the rest of the game. Uh, one question I really wanted to ask you, just going off of the last pod, uh, uh, their offensive and their defensive schemes. Uh, when it comes to their offensive schemes, uh, some of them are uh, just a little bit questionable. Uh, one that really just jumps out and just comes to mind is uh, – when they have like a small ball, a small ball, uh, I can't even talk small ball lineup. And when it comes to small ball, in certain situations they work well, but in others, teams just literally just exploit them. Uh, is there a way that they could have just attacked it just different in this game, or is would you just call that a lost cause? Well, so talking about the structure, um, we'll start with the we'll start with the defense. I mean. The Bulls like to blitz those pick and rolls. We've seen it all season. Jim Boylan lives or dies by that method of uh, guarding the pick and roll. And I think that's part of the reason this Bulls team sucks at rebounding, just because Wendell Carter is always out of position because he's got to get up there and double-team the point guard, meaning that there's nobody back aside from, like, say, a set of Ransky or Zach Levine to crush the glass when you got dudes like, in tonight's game, for example, like, who was playing center? Willie Coley-Stein, ready to ready to crash, crash your glass. And... and I don't know why Jim Boyle wants to keep working with that uh, offensive scheme because it's not it's not working. And, sorry, I should have said defensive. And uh, the offensive on the other end, I mean, 
the Bulls are trying to do this pace and space equal opportunity thing, but it's not really equal opportunity. Zach Levine's getting his shots and no one else is doing anything. No one else wants to do anything. And if you're a marketing fan or if you're just a Bulls fan in general, seeing these young dudes not develop into becoming better scorers, it's it's quite concerning, man. I don't know how you feel about uh, Larry Marketing not getting many shots up, but it seems to be the new the new uh, formula for disaster on his team now. Yeah, I totally got you. You said four really good things right there. Um, I'm going to start off with that thing which you said about rebounding. They just got killed to rebounds. The Warriors had 54 to the Bulls 42. Um, interestingly enough, the Bulls actually, uh, are taller than the Warriors. And I guess, uh, when it, when it comes to just crashing the boards, the Warriors just out hustle and, and just out muscle them. Uh, and there's another thing you, uh, you said I, I liked, uh, you were talking about how, uh, nobody was looking for shots. If you, if you look at the, uh, at the box score, you saw just. Uh, Levine, yeah, just took over. Laurie got 10, but he just didn't really convert. That's something that uh, just as a fan in general that you just hate to see. I'm pretty sure Boylan only played him about two more minutes in that second half. I don't, I'm not sure why he didn't play him more. Uh, Kobe really got some shots in, just didn't fall. Um, just I, I don't know. Just a lot of players just not converting. Wendell just getting in early foul trouble, causing him just to be real stagnant on defense. That's the third thing I like what you just said. Um, it really got out of his rhythm when he crutches the boards and really uh, locks in on defense. I feel like he's a a better player, but when they take him out early, he kind of just has to step out the way. Um, one thing that really just caught my eye in this actual game, the the bench, the Warriors bench actually outscored the Chicago bench in this game. Now, would you fault most of that on Kobe White or just put that on the offensive scheme when it comes to Boylan? Uh, well, the Warriors bench came to play. The Bulls bench didn't. Uh, this game was pretty close until the Bulls bench came into the game. And I think a big part of that was Chris Dunn sucked tonight, man. Uh, he fell out in how many minutes left? Chris Dunn fell out in 18 minutes tonight and he didn't score a single point. This man had straight donuts. He went zero for five. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he didn't do too much, Chris Dunn. And uh, Kobe White wasn't doing too much either. So I think it's just it was just an off game for those two. And you just kind of have to put it behind them. But uh, the thing is, you need other players to step it up. You can't rely on your 19-year-old rookie in Kobe White to come out every game and give you 20 points. Like It, it just doesn't work like that. I mean, those dudes like Chris Dunn, Thaddeus Young, Right now, Chidiakno, these guys have to step it up. When they come off, when their name is called, they come off the bench and put together a good performance and knock down shots because aside from Zach Levine tonight, no one else is really doing it. Now, uh, now I got two, I got a question for you. And this one that's just been sitting in the back of my head, and I really just wanted to save this for <laughs> this right, episode. All right. all right, which one is more concerning? The Bulls shooting bad against the, the worst defensive team in this league or Jim Boylan? having Luke Cornett over Daniel Gafford? Uh, I think it must, it's going to be the fact the Bulls, the Bulls shot worse against the worst defending team in the league. That is a horrible, <laughs> I mean. You can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> no, I can't, man. Like, um, so the Luke Cornett thing made sense because Wendell Carter tonight going to foul trouble and, uh, I don't think Cornette did the worst job. I mean, he had two blocks, but, like, you know, on offense, he does really nothing, and he can't rebound. But 
the Bulls cannot knock down shots. And I think part of that reason is because no one is a shot maker aside from Zach Levine. And when Kobe White is a shot maker, when he doesn't have it going, the team falls stagnant because they've got no one to rely on. And, the, and it just seems like the dudes like Markkinen, they've regressed in terms of becoming a better scorer all around. And you, when you think of Larry Markkinen, you think of three-level scorer. This dude can shoot the mid-range, this dude can shoot at three, and this dude can take it to the rack and dunk on players or the hit crazy drag steps or anything. But he has not taken the next step, and he's looked awful. And if the Bulls want to be anything close to a playoff team, it starts with Larry Markkinen. Now, now, I like what you just said, right? Now, before we even uh, go anywhere near the future, we got to look at the past. Because, you know, as we hear over and over again, if you don't learn from your past, you do the make the same mistakes. The Bulls have won the last two out of five in their game. No, actually, they didn't win their last two. They won two of their last five separate losses. They suffered double-digit losses, a blowout loss against the Trailblazers. They won a solid game against Detroit, but they, they really edged it out with uh, a good win in Charlotte. But when I say they did, I want to just put that in the Zach just saved them category because it's not coaching that won the game. It wasn't hustle and grit that won the game. You just put that under Zach Levine. Uh, what's one thing that just stood out in the uh, Bulls' last five? Um, so the Bulls last five, the Trailblazers game was a disappointment. I mean, you can take no positives away from that. The team sucked in the second half. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, 30, how old is he? 35, 36-year-old Carmelo Anthony was just going crazy on everybody. No one could guard him. Uh, even Doug on Wendell Carter because Thomas Sadoransky could not save his man. 25 um, points that game. 25 points a game for Carmelo Anthony. That's just not needed. <laughs> like, it, if you're gonna lose, I mean, at least make you at least lose to Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. Like you don't want to be losing to Carmelo Anthony, who's 35 years old. I could, he could be 36. Screw me if I'm wrong. But uh, the other games, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Uh, last five, the Hornets game, Zach Levine played outstanding, but we knew he wouldn't be able to carry this on because that's a, like a legendary performance. No one can have 13 points in a game-winning shot and then do it do the exact same thing the next game. Like that's Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan shit right there. Um, so we knew that wasn't sustainable, but nevertheless, it was a great game for Zach. Kobe White was uh, really good that game. He had a career high, too. I think he saved the Bulls on quite a few occasions. If he didn't show up, this would have been a similar game to the one we saw tonight against Golden State because, you know, Zach Levine had it going. No one else did. And if Kobe White didn't have it going in that uh, game against the Hornets, the Bulls would have found themselves in a lot of trouble. Um, but aside from the other games, I mean, the Pistons win was was good to see when Derrick Rose came back. Lord Dangles jersey retired. Uh, man, what are the other two games I'm forgetting? I can't even. I can't even think back. Uh, probably too many losses to think about. Uh, they lost against Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was one. Uh, yep. That, just just the Bucks, was it? Of. Okay. Yeah. So that Bucks game was just like, oh man. Um, we took the lead towards the end of the fourth quarter, and then Jim Boylan starters back in with four minutes left after he sat them for 10 minutes and that's just a definition of poor rotations and poor lineup management if you're gonna if you're gonna spend eight minutes rocking with your bench and they give you the lead you may as well stick with them because starters are gonna come back into the game like super cold you know like they haven't been on the court and you're expecting to come back in and win you the game when they've legit like haven't been on the floor i mean you had to keep running for bench there so that was jim boyle mistake the bulls could have won that game against the bucks um 
But aside from that, man, I don't know what you've been thinking. I don't know if you've been thinking similar stuff to me, but the Spools team has just been horrible and I don't want to watch the rest of the season at this, still, at this point. <laughs> until Jim Boylan's contract is just ripped up. Uh, I got you. Um, You said something really great, and I agree with you on that last point. The Bulls have been playing lackluster. Uh, It's really disappointing to watch. As a basketball fan, it's been really disappointing to see. As a fan in, in basketball in general, I mean, and a Bulls fan in general, um, when it comes to uh, the things that stuck out, it's more, and I've had conversations uh with my peers a lot about this one uh coaches coaches win you the games but it's on the players backs for them to actually get there and achieve it the coach can only do so much but the players have to implement to uh to achieve the win when when it comes to these last five games uh there's it's been horrible basketball to watch especially the last two uh it makes me want to just take my hat off and just go hide in a cave um, <laughs> but, uh, um, oh, one yeah. thing, one thing that's just really, uh, serious and that people should really be taken seriously is just, uh, what you said, the Jim Boylan's rotations, uh, pulling Zach early. Uh, I think back to that Indiana game where I guess he wasn't hustling on defense as much and Jim just took him out in the first three minutes. And then I can even think, uh, to that well, I'm pretty sure it was it Milwaukee game where he, they he took out Zach real early. It's something that I, I guess he's doing it. He keeps he keeps telling us that he's like an old coach and he has old methods and he's gonna win guys the way he wants them to. But when it comes to these tactics and methods, it's just it's just it's just it's one of those you just kind of scratch your head and just look at it, it your head sideways. Like what are the way you implement things? And the way you want it to work is different in how everybody's viewing it. So, for example, like you said, how he's taking uh, players early at the game. He's doing full five-player ro- five rotations. And then when the bench aren't doing well, you just throw the starters back in thinking, no, you're saving grace. If you're not going to allow your starters to get hot, how do you expect them just to come off the bench and have a great game? And one thing I really want to throw up to you is uh, somebody made a great point on Twitter. I have no idea who it was. I'll look for it later. But uh, what's one reason you think why Jim Bowling is not really stagnating uh, the rosters? Because when you – I mean, you have Kobe and you have Laurie and Zach on the floor. But when it comes to – for instance, the fourth – I mean, the first quarter – uh, when it's time to rotate, how come Zach's I, actually? How come Laurie's not staying more on the floor? Because that's some minutes Laurie could actually eat up and take advantage of. He could be the first or the second option when it comes to the offense. And I, 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 I mean, I'm wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with it, Josh. What's one reason why you wouldn't stagnate the roster? I mean, well, Larry Market and Zach Levine are two best offensive players. Like, no question. I mean, right now you can probably say Kobe White's a bit offensive player than Larry Markinen, like in terms of how Larry's been playing. But these two should be one of those two should be on the floor all the time. And what Jim Boyle needs to do is that Levine, when he used to play in Minnesota, coach Tom Thibodeau. You know, how he likes to play his uh, give a player a lot of minutes. And Zach oh, yeah. Levine, I think he averaged thirty six minutes as a twenty one year old. So I mean, 
Like, I don't think Jim Boyle gets that Zach Levine can play high minutes. Yeah, he's only averaging 33, which is his lowest since his, uh, I believe, since his ACL injury return, his first season of the Bulls. Um, Zach Levine should be playing a lot more. And when the Bulls are on the, on, when he's on the court, the Bulls tend to do better just because of the fact he's like one of the only dudes that can actually put the ball in the hoop. Uh, Larry Markham, well, he's played career low minutes. And I think that makes sense to some extent just because he has been terrible. And I think it's because he's dealing an injury. That's why he's not playing as much. And I think that's really going to be the only reason why you don't see Larry giving you 35, 34 minutes a game. Now that we went through the past, we're we're gonna we're gonna see if the future's even bright. All right, where do we go from here, Josh? But there's some questions that need to be answered. Uh, in your mind, in all all the games that you've watched this season on the Chicago Bulls, are the Chicago Bulls the playoff team? As of right now, no, no, not even like the East is trash. Okay, like the East is horrible. Like I think the Bulls are in. Hold on, let me look at the. Uh, let me just pull up the Eastern Conference right now. So the Bulls are sitting in... 11th right now. They'll probably dip after tonight. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's whole right now after the loss tonight, 6-13 record. But yet, the Magic are an 8th seed with 7 wins, and the Bulls have 6 wins. Like, so the Magic are 8th with 7, the Bulls are 12 with 6. So the East is wide open, but... Do they so the real question is, they might make the playoffs, but the real question is, do they deserve to make the playoffs... And if you're basing it off the sample size of what we see in these first uh, 18, 19, 20 games, definitely not. This team has been trash. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't even put into words how bad this team's been because, you know, everyone had high expectations coming into the season in terms of uh, Levine and Markin and making the all-star team. You know, Otto Porter being that glue guy. Like shooting forty percent from threes, uh, Daniel Gafford and Kobe White come off the bench and giving you like a little spark. Uh, Sadoransky and Thad Young being those glue guys that are just going to give you like good consistent performances. And this defense is going to be good. This offense is going to be top ten in the league. But the Bulls suck, and they do not deserve to be a playoff team if the season's going to end right now. Hell no. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, just judging off of what we were promised in the beginning of the season, playoff hopes. Uh, Really high expectation and goals for, uh, in quotations, elite all-stars for Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. Uh, I mean, just as a rookie, you don't really put too much weight on your rookies back just because you want them to develop into player. That you see them and how you draft, uh, how you uh, you want to develop them to see. I, I, I'm in a loss of words for that. Uh, just just judging off of the, all the games that have been going on this season, uh, just... Losing in double digits, uh, winning games, close games that should be should be milestones ahead. Uh, just losing against. Oh my goodness! Oh, goodness. you right. I just got finessed by a fake Adrian Wojnarowski account <laughs> saying the Chicago Bulls are fired head coach Jim Boylan, and my heart just dropped for a second, and it was fake. <laughs> oh man, it got me for a second. Oh, yeah, wait too excited. All right, sorry, carry on, carry on, man. <laughs> too good to be true. Too good to be true. Nah, man, it's just judging off of just uh, losing to these lower-tier teams. Uh, like you said, it's not the question that are they going to make the playoffs. It's the question, do they deserve it? And it's nowhere near uh, playoff basketball. And there's something 
that needs to be not even just judged when it comes to the players on the team. It's higher than a coach. It's somewhere up in management. And you you should everybody should really just be pointing their fingers at the owner. But and we're we're a long ways, I I believe, and I'm pretty sure agree. We're a long ways. Uh, next question, and I what a great transition because it just goes off what you just said. Uh, can the bull win? Can the Bulls win under Jim Boylan? And if they do not, is firing will firing him fix the problem? Okay, so if you asked this question at the start of the season, saying can we win with Jim Boylan, I would have said, you know, we could have, like we we can. I'm not saying we would, but we can. But uh, after these first, like, sorry, how many games we played? Uh, nineteen games. Okay, the Bulls have won six of those nineteen, and the players have lost their trust in Jim Boylan. Zach Levine could not stand him. And when your best player, one of your team captains, uh, sorry, sorry, someone in the leadership committee does not like your head coach. Um, <laughs> like, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, the Bulls have lost uh, faith in Jim Boylan. And it's it's just the players... Jim Boylan has lost this roster, okay? And, it, and it's rare. Uh, someone mentioned it yesterday. I can't remember who. I think it might have been... Uh, Stefan No from the Athletic, I could be wrong, but he said that uh, when kid coaches lose their, their players, like it is really hard to get it back. We saw it with Fred Hoiberg last season. When Fred lost the trust in his players, like there was no going back. He had to be fired. And I honestly think it is time for a change and not just head coaching. It is time for a bigger change. And that is the front office with John Paxson and Gala Foreman. Yeah. To- totally on that, totally on that. But does fixing, does firing Jim fix the situation and their problems? Oh, does it fix their problems? Um, I think it does, just because the Bulls do not like him at all. The, the players do not like Jim Boyle. Like, you can tell by their, their facial expressions and their body language. It just indicates that, like, Jim Boyle does not like them. And even Larry Markin and Jim Boyle went and spent two weeks of this dude at Larry's house and filmed in the offseason. And you can tell Markkinen does not like Jim Boyle. And, and you could say those two got along pretty well prior to the season. And um, I think a new head coach, it wouldn't turn his team to like a 50-win team straight away. Obviously, some player changes would need to be made too. But I definitely think the Bulls would be winning a lot more games under a team that doesn't, under a coach that doesn't implement a crazy defensive system and isn't playing three centers and isn't playing a 13-man rotation in a regular season game. Jim Boylan played everybody tonight before garbage time. No worries, boss. Like, you cannot do that for an NBA coach. You need to have a rotation of about 9 or 10 players maximum. You cannot have 13. That is crazy. Yeah, I'm with you totally on that. Uh, I, I feel like they can still win some close games under Jim Boylan. It wouldn't be to the surface of him. Uh, you put that under the players. Uh, just like Zach Levine, I'm pretty sure there's no coaching scheme where it's just to get a player 49 points. That's just something... You have to uh, just chunk under him just being great. Uh, just firing him, fix the problem. I feel like it wouldn't be – it'd be one of those like ripping the Band-Aid. It would hurt at first. Uh, there's going to be a lot of screams and owls, but it'll be better when it comes through the course of time. Uh, just going off of what you said about uh, not him just losing his players' respect um, as far as, uh, like you said, with – Fred Hoiberg, once he lost the trust, he got fired. Um, it might be different just because this is supposed to be Gar and Pax's man. They have a lot of trust in him, which is uh, very questionable just going off of his record so far. But 
Ah, oh, man. Uh, if I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I would hope it would fix it, but just judging off of just uh, years past, I don't, I don't really think it will. Uh, and just to close the podcast, we have the next five. The next, the Bulls face uh, Golden State. Excuse me, the Bulls face the Portland Trail Blazers Friday. They play. Uh, they face the Kings Monday. They face the Grizzlies Wednesday, and then they face Golden State again Friday. Out of these next five, Josh, how, how many games are they winning, man? Because judging, wow, oh my goodness, judging off of just let just tonight, I don't. Th- uh, I can see them going on a losing streak, man. I don't, I don't have any hope for this team anymore. I'm just looking. I'm just like, uh, my optimism is gone. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. there's no fire in my heart. Just like that. Yeah, they, they might lose it. Yeah, and well, after this nice game, I really expected the Bulls to win against this Warriors team. This Warriors team is terrible, man. Like, they suck, okay? This Warriors team, and the Bulls got smacked by them. So I, I'm also with you. I've lost all hope in this team. <laughs> and just the next five games, man. Uh, if we get, if we get blown out by the Trailblazers at, at home, just imagine what the Trailblazers are going to do to us back in Portland in uh, the next game. The Bulls, if they play how they played against Golden State, are going to get their asses kicked, man. It's not even going to be close. Uh, the Kings game, I mean, Sacramento has some good pieces like the Bulls, but they've been pretty bad. They've got a losing record. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is injured. But still, this team, the Sacramento team, is playing a lot better than the Bulls are, so that could go either way, especially considering the Kings are at home. The Grizzlies hope to see the Bulls win that at home. I mean, that's like a game. That would be a must-win game, especially if they lose that for these uh, next two against the Kings and the Trailblazers. But Warriors again at home, you'd hope they win that. And then the Heat away. Wow, Jimmy Butler's probably going to get 60 on us, and uh, Zach Lee's going to get benched a minute in the first quarter. But... Uh, I think maybe three and two or two and three, if we're gonna speak realistically. Ah, uh, man, just uh, just digging digging deep. The optimism in me just wants to say they're gonna go at least four and one, but realistically, ah, uh, I I I probably say around three and I say two and three. I like I like that. Probably probably one and four. And there's there's no hope in me anymore, man. And I, and I want to be sorry about it and just say, oh, there's still more games. We're just we're still in November. We still got December and January. Nah, I just uh if if they can go on just a two game tear, then they'll probably win us back just just a little bit. But just going from there, ah, there's there's still some more to be seen. But no no hope in my heart, and it sounds like there's no hope in yours either. <laughs> nah, man, I used to be uh they used to call me and uh C Red Fred the uh one of the most Two of the most optimistic dudes in, in Bulls Twitter, but now it's 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 the other way around. Like I know I know Fred's uh, he's gone off the rails. I think he's he's probably cobertized now after uh, his loss to the uh, Warriors and Denzel Valentine barely played, and uh, I'm not too happy either. So it's going to be interesting to see what these Bulls can do to to turn the season around. But I think that starts at the top with some moves. But let's be real, it's really unlikely that we're going to see Jim Boyle fired in the next few days. Really unlikely. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, man, uh, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Josh, you got anything you want to shout out? Say to the people. Uh, no, nah, not much, man. Just uh, check me out on Twitter at Josh J Bulls Hoops. Uh, check out the Bullish Hoops Pod. We, you know, when that grind, uh, we get do our pods after every game. We got some guests coming on. We got Matt Pet coming on on uh, Wednesday, I believe, next week. Uh, just yeah, stay tuned for that, man. 
Thank you, Josh, for coming on this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This concludes this episode of the three-part podcast. Make sure you follow us on all streaming platforms. Download us on all streaming platforms. And follow us on all social media. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in the next one.